Thanks for checking out the podcast of The Church at Lake Travis. If you have any questions about our church, visit us online at churchlt.com. That's so fun. That's so fun. Family camp really is an incredible experience. Hey, my name's Jeremy, and I'm the lead pastor here at the Church of Lake Travis. If you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. In fact, we always like to do this to make our guests feel welcome, and that is for those who call the Church of Lake Travis family, or call the Church of Lake Travis home, just welcome all our guests today. Let's put our hands together and say thanks for being here. Yeah, so good, so good. So Easter really is the greatest event in human history, and it's an opportunity for us to celebrate that Jesus has risen, and we're so excited about doing that today. Um, In fact, I thought you guys all looked wonderful as you came in today. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them you look wonderful. Yeah. Tell them them you look like you lost 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. That'll make everybody feel good, right? Yeah. Well... I heard a story that I thought thought was appropriate to begin today with, and that is a man and his wife and his mother-in-law went on vacation to the Holy Land, and while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. The undertaker told them, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for $150. So the man thought about it for a moment, and then he responded, And he said, I'd just assume have her shipped home. And the undertaker said, why would you spend $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when it would be wonderful to have her buried here in the Holy Land for only $150? And the man replied, a man died here 2,000 years ago. He was buried here. Three days later, he rose from the dead. I just can't take that chance. And that man that rose 2,000 years ago is the one we gather here to celebrate today. His name is Jesus. And I want to invite you to pray with me that we would receive everything that he has for us. Because as we sang about a moment ago, he really is good. So would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to gather here with this group of friends. Some friends that I know, some friends I don't know. Um, I pray that we would be able to walk out of here not only as friends, but really maybe connected as a family um, that goes on mission together um, to see this community transformed. I I pray for this time together that, that something authentic would happen, that something real would happen, that people who don't know you would come to know you, that people that need healing would experience healing that people that need to be set free would be set free, people that may need um, your work in their life in other ways that I can't even begin to imagine, God, that you would do that work in them. I pray today would be a defining moment for many people here, that they would be able to leave better than they came in because they've encountered the one true living God because I believe this, God, one moment in your presence can change our lives forever. And we thank you that this is all possible because Jesus Christ 
died on a cross on Friday, but he didn't stay dead because on Sunday the tomb was opened up, the gravestone was rolled away, and now today we worship a risen Savior and we praise you, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's go. One, two, three. Amen. Yeah, that's good. That's the Easter amen, all right? So this is so fun. You know, when I thought about this message today, I thought I want you to have an opportunity to respond to this message. And one of the things that we've prepared for you is this response card. And I want to go ahead and ask you to pull that out. If you got one of those worship guides when you came in, you can get that out. Um, on the front, that's just a way for us to have your contact information. That's a way for you to update your information. Maybe the last time you were here was Easter of 2018, and you just want to tell us you moved over the last year, or um, update us with your information if you're visiting with us today. On the back of that, though, is what I really, really care about, and that is our 2019 Easter survey. On that survey, we get our direction for the upcoming year um, because we ask questions like hey I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about fill in the blank this past year we got an overwhelming response that said we want to know more about family and so we've done now coming up on a year later we're going to embark on two family series because I think we all want better families and so we're helping to support you in that. Um, maybe there's other topics that you'd like to hear from. The second question is, I'm interested in hearing more about these themes. And there are some things you can let us know about there. So please take a moment and do that. And then third is the next step in my spiritual journey. And that is that I want to begin a relationship with God or express my faith in Jesus or I want to uh, be baptized. Uh, we just baptized someone out in between the 9 o'clock service and the 1030 service, which was awesome just to celebrate that. Um, or um, I'd like to become a part of this church through partnering together like Lee talked about through our Connect Track or Maybe you want to get connected in a small group, and we have about seven or eight different small groups available that you can get connected in. We can help you do that, but you have to let us know on that response card, and we'll gather those towards the end of the service today, and just hang on to it, and I'll uh, keep you posted. So I believe truth gets communicated in one of two ways. The first way that I believe truth gets communicated is through story. Anybody here uh, like the TV series, This Is Us? This Is Us. Yeah, a lot of us do. My, my family and I, we, we all kind of gather around and make it a family night. We watch This Is Us together. I think probably because we kind of feel a little connection because we've adopted our daughter and they have an adopted child in that story. And, and you know what the experts say? The experts say that that, that series was never by all practical purposes, intended to make it. But, but here's what it does. It tells the story that you and I connect so deeply with over and over again. It, it's the story of us. Stories are powerful. Um, they communicate truth. But, but another way that truth gets communicated is through song. Song. Song Gets song helps us to communicate. In fact, the Bible is full of songs. Um, in Exodus chapter 15, when the Israelites had crossed over the Red Sea and they were fleeing away from the Egyptians and they had this amazing, powerful deliverance, 
they wrote a song to commemorate that event, to mark that moment. Moses and his sister Miriam write this beautiful song. And what's interesting, if you look it up in Revelation 15, at the end of the Bible, you get a almost a identical song to Moses' song. It's a song of deliverance, a song of hope, a song of freedom and joy and life. And, and I love that, that you get the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible is full, to, full of songs. And then right in the middle, if anybody knows, that you op- when you open a Bible to the middle, do you know what you find? It's the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is 150 songs that David wrote. Now, David, if you don't know who David is, he's kind of the Justin Timberlake of the Bible. Like, I mean, this guy was so talented. He was a warrior. He was a, 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 he was a, a poet. He was a musician. He could do all this kind of stuff. He was, he was just an amazing... Don't you hate people like that, that have so much talent that, that you can't even shake a stick at it? I mean, those people drive me crazy. Um, and I just thought, I, I want to invite the band to come out because I, I thought all of us have moments that are marked in our life by songs. And I, I thought the band could maybe help us with some of those moments. Um, the, the interesting thing about songs is they do communicate truth. Um, and maybe sometimes they remind us of a good moment in our life. Maybe they remind us of a moment that wasn't so good. Um, But maybe some of these songs that we're going to hear about in just a moment, maybe some of these songs have marked you. You know, when I thought about Easter, um, there was a song that I had listened to a few months ago, and I thought, this song is marking me. And I thought, we have to sing it on Easter. And I pray that this song marks our Easter together. It's called Ain't No Grave. Let's take a listen. Because I love it because it tells the story. It tells the story of redemption. It tells our story. Jesus Christ's resurrection is the greatest single event in human history. Jesus' verifiable resurrection from the dead represents that sin and its effects no longer have power over our lives. Because of his resurrection, he sets us free from sin and the effects of sin, that is death, and we no longer have to live under its power. We can be free in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, it says, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is futile. It's in vain. There's no sense in believing it, but because he did, we can celebrate. Now, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to walk through the lyrics of that song. And, and, and you know what I think about when I think about Easter? I think that it is, a, it is an amazing story. Um, everyone loves a comeback story. Uh, this week, I was talking with one of our partners, and um, his name's Tony. And I think Tony might be in this service. Uh, yeah, there he is. So he, he was telling me about how, and I knew this because I watched it last weekend, but last Sunday afternoon, you know, Tiger Woods made history um, when he won the Masters. And, and I remember watching that, and all through the week, I heard about his amazing comeback and how this was just an incredible comeback. And, and even one video I watched, like he was watching 
uh, video that people have said over the years, like commentators, and he's watching it post-winning the Masters, and, you know, it's like, oh, he's a has-been, he's washed up, like, he's just watching it with a smirk on his face. I, like, what, what a comeback story that is, but, but my friend Tony pointed out that that story pales in comparison to the greatest comeback story of history, and that is when Jesus died on the cross, his story looked like it was over, but he didn't, didn't stay dead, he didn't stay in the grave, because on Sunday, he rose from the dead, and we can celebrate that today, can't we? Come on. I don't know, man. I, I'm excited about this, and, and I might preach a little bit here today. So, <clears throat> here's what that song says in verse 1. Shame is a prison, and it's as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber, and he's come to take my name. Your identity come to rob you. And, and, and I think that shame is powerful like that. But I think that this song says something about all of us because it knows our story. It knows the shame that we carry. And here's the way that gets played out. We just don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we matter. And the message of Easter is that you do matter. That, that shame can be broken in your life. I don't know about you, but I feel shame sometimes. Um, and, and shame is a weird cycle, you know. Um, I have to bet that the first disciples felt shame when Peter, who had followed Jesus and who had said, Jesus, you are the Christ, and I'm going to follow you all the way to the end, only ends up denying him three times, just hours after he said, Jesus, I'll never deny you. You think there was some shame involved there? Pretty sure there was. I, I know I had this cycle of shame where I, 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 I do like Peter. And I, I feel shame and then I run and hide. And I've hid in dysfunctional relationships. I've hid in the bottom of a bottle of alcohol. I've hid and I'm not proud of this. I'm ashamed of this actually. I, I hide in the pantry. Anybody, any comfort food eaters here? Yeah. I, I think we all experience shame a little different. Like, and it's a cycle, right? Like, I, I'm ashamed, and so I go, and I eat, and I eat, and I eat, and, and now I'm ashamed because I've gained 15 extra pounds since the fast was over in January, and, and, and now I'm starting to think, like, oh, well, I'm just going to run and hide. I'm going to cover up this shame, right? Like, so, so how do I deal with this? Oh, well, I, I'm about to go this summertime, and, and I'm about to go out, and I've gained these extra pounds, and so I'm going to cover up. I'm ashamed of this, and so I'm going to put on one of those Under Armour shirts, those tight ones, you know, but then I realize, like, I actually look worse in the Under Armour shirt than I do without the shirt on, you know what I'm saying? Like, anybody ever put those on? They're not very flattering. I'm just, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, like, if you're ever going to get plastic surgery done, you can just put one of those on, and they can find out where you need help. I'm just saying, like, I, that, that whole, I don't, I've been saying this a lot recently, like, that whole metabolism slows down after 40 is a real thing, everybody. Like, I know those of you, yeah, you're like, yeah, it is a real thing. Like, I feel that, but, but I'm, I, I have shame about that. I don't know if that's right. Shouldn't be there, but I do feel that. I hide because of shame. 
The second verse of that song says this. It says, fear is a liar. With a smooth and velvet tongue, it's amazing how we can begin to believe fear. Fear is a tyrant. It's always telling me to run. Fear is a powerful force. And I think about the first first disciples that showed up at the gravesite where Jesus had been buried. And, and it tells the story in Luke 24. It says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And all of a sudden, this fear starts to creep in. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And notice this phrase, in their fright, they had fear. They bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. The resurrection overcomes fear. The resurrection overcomes shame. The resurrection isn't just about Jesus rising from the dead. It's about taking our dead lives that are bound by fear and shame and causing them to rise again as well. And that's beautiful, good news. Fear and shame. Fear is, some people say, false evidence appearing real. It's when we take an idea and we elevate it to a place that was never intended to be. I I don't know about you, but people say fear, you have two responses to fear. One is to retreat or withdraw. And the other response is to Become angry, lash out. Maybe you've had that response. That's my go-to response. When I'm afraid, I lash out. I'm ang- I become angry. And then I'm ashamed of becoming angry. And I mean, it's just a cycle. Paul, the apostle, in Romans 7, he writes about this kind of shame that we all kind of feel. And here's, I don't know, it just connects with the human condition. Romans 7, he, he says, hey, all the time, sin in my life is just ruling me. It's rocking my world. In fact, he says, I do the things that I don't want to do. I do the things I don't want to do. And then the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And he, he, you just hear this, He's spiraling out of control and he says, what can rescue me from this body of death? That's a pretty shame-filled question. A pretty fearful question. And then he transitions into the hope of the resurrection of Jesus and he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's such a powerful picture that God gives us freedom from those things that sin causes in our life. Shame and fear. God gives us freedom. But, but, but the apostle knows that, that we can get caught up in that even though we've been delivered, even though Jesus has risen from the dead and we know that to be true, he knows we can get caught up in shame and condemnation and here's what he says at the he goes right from verse 25 into chapter 8 verse 1 and he says therefore there is now what is now 
now that Jesus has risen from the dead, now that Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin on the cross and he's risen from the dead, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's almost as if he knows that people are going to kind of push back on this and and he's like, no, listen to me. The, the, The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, verse 11 of chapter 8, is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. I love that. You know what I think? Um, This cycle of shame, we need to be set free from that today. We, We need to be set free. We need to know in the deepest part of our soul we don't have to be ashamed because of what Jesus has done for us. I think some of us wrestle with shame I think more of us wrestle with fear in fact I I believe that there are some people and I sense this as I was preparing for this weekend there are some people that would be here today that would say you're afraid of God you don't believe what we sang about earlier that God is good and because of that you quiver and quake before God instead of coming to him as a child would to their father. But here's the good news. Romans 8.15 says, The spirit that you received because of Jesus' death and resurrection does not make you slaves, but you don't have to live in fear anymore so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. So rather than be afraid of God and quivering and quaking, you can come to God as a child, as a son or a daughter. And then it gives this phrase that says, by Him, by the Spirit, we cry, Abba. It's an intimate word. It means dad. We can cry, dad, to our Father in heaven. He's good. He's kind. He's gracious. And he demonstrates that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection from the dead. We can be called sons and daughters. Um, Two weeks ago, you you need to know this, this is good. Um, We prayed, uh, the men of our church prayed all night long. Um, In fact, we prayed for many of you all night long. So you just be glad that you came today so that you could hear that somebody has been praying for you all night long. That's good news. Um, We prayed, and and it was an awesome, awesome experience, just praying from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And I got to tell you, about, uh, I don't know, 2 or 3 a.m., you start to get a little bit crazy, and like you're, (laughs) you're like, somebody better bring it. Well, about 4 a.m., one of our church partners, Clayton, he, he got up and shared a devotional thought about how we all have things from our past that try to creep in. And even though Jesus has conquered them and given us victory, we fall back into those things. And, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today and you've allowed fear and shame to kind of creep back into your life. But, but here's what Clayton said. He said, 
Jesus, we need to be reminded, Jesus has conquered all of those things in our life through his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And he had us do something. He had us write down one of those things that we've been holding on to that, that keep creeping back in from our past. And, and he had us write that down, and then he gave us each a nail, and there was a board up on the stage. And he said, what I want you to do during this song is just come up, and I want you to take that thing that's been creeping up from your past and I just want you to nail it into the board as a reminder that Jesus has already broken sin's power and and that that's not even the best part that's a great visual right but here's the best part so the song is playing and Micah starts singing and and people start coming up and they're they're taking their just they start hammering it into the board, and, and I, I loved it because Clayton is standing at the front of the, the auditorium where we were, and he's just giving his best, brave heart, freedom! Every time someone nails a, nails a sin to that board, he just yells, freedom! And I love it because that's what God wants to do in us here today through the resurrection of Jesus. He wants to set us free from fear and shame. He wants to remind us there ain't no grave that can hold us down. So, maybe you're here today and you would say, how do I get that kind of freedom? I want that kind of freedom. Here's how you get it. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. There's a confession piece to this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, here's why that's important. Romans 15, we said earlier, if Jesus hadn't risen, if he hasn't been raised from the dead, our faith is in vain. Our faith is futile. But because he did rise from the dead, that's where we place our faith. And so it's not just the confession, it's the belief in your heart that Jesus died on a cross, he paid the penalty for your sin, and he rose again. And that's what makes it possible for you and I to have a relationship with God. And then it goes on in verse 10, it says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess, you confess, and you are saved. Maybe you're here today and you need to take that step of faith to believe this whole Easter story is real. So I'm going to invite you to take out that response card. Everybody, um, go ahead and take that out. On the back of that card, um, that's our Easter survey, and I want to invite you to return that to us in just a moment. Um, but let me just talk to you here today. If you if you're here, um, I believe that every one of us have to make a spiritual decision at some point in our life. And I want to call you to that moment of decision here this morning. Maybe you're here and you would say, um, Jeremy, I already have a real relationship with Jesus. I, I, I celebrate that and I, I, I'm in that camp. And that you would say, letter A, that's me. Go ahead and let us know about that. That's important for you to indicate that. 
Letter B is for those of you who would say, Jeremy, I want to begin a real relationship with Jesus here today. That may be the most important decision that you ever make in your entire life, and so we don't take it lightly. Let us know that's what you would like to do. Letter B. Or maybe you're here and you would say, letter C, I'm not sure about this whole thing. I, I'm, I'm just checking this whole thing out. I'm considering what it would look like to begin a relationship with Jesus, but I'm not quite there yet. Please let us know about that. We want to pray with you. And then finally, maybe you're here today and you would say, letter D, I, I really don't intend on having a relationship with Jesus. And you may say, Jeremy, why do you ask that question? I think that may be the most important one on this paper because I believe it's important to get honest with where you're at. That you would say, I'm just not sure. I, I, I don't intend on taking that step of faith. Here's what I know to be true. The very fact that you're here in this room indicates to me that God is already working in your life and it'll be fun. It'll be fun to continue to pray that God will complete the good work he's begun in you. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Our mission is to lead people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And our prayer is that you are closer to Jesus as a result of listening today.